City have taken the lead. A lovely free kick found the head of the Birmingham City captain. It's a dangerous ball, it's a looping header, and it's a goal against the run of play for Birmingham City. Abby Grant. It's a lovely finish into the top corner. Guided in by Lucy Whip. Just gently lofted out of the reach of the keeper. Might be another chance for another goal. Cracking save by Hampton. Welcome back to the Greats in 68 podcast, the dedicated weekly women's football show about all things Birmingham City. I'm Craig Hadley and I'm joined by Chris, Kaz and making her debut on the podcast this week is Stacey Smith, a lifelong Blues fan and we are happy to announce a new member of our podcast team. Welcome to the show, Stacey. Hello. Sure and sweet. Tell us, Stacey, what is your earliest memory of watching the women's side? Oh, wow. I remember going when I was a kid. I say a kid, I was probably a teenager with people that I used to play football with. And then I started going more regularly when I moved back to Birmingham when I was 20, 21. And since then, they ain't been able to get rid of me yet. Kaz, how have you been? Uh, yeah, not too bad, Matt. I've had better, better times. What about you, Chris? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Yeah, not too bad at all. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Just going about your daily business, isn't it, at the moment? Just Yeah, absolutely. Until yeah. anything changes. We will no doubt learn more about Stacey as the season progresses, but for now, let's get into the news. After five months of uncertainty, Carla Ward was announced the new Birmingham City manager on a two-year deal. The 36-year-old led Sheffield United to their highest ever finish in the Women's Championship last season. She was in charge of the Blades for 58 matches, winning 34 games. This will be her first time managing in the Women's Super League, but has played at the top level for the likes of Lincoln City and Leeds United. From interviews I've watched and read about her, Carla looks to be someone who is constantly looking to improve as a coach. She's completed a UEFA A license shortly before lockdown. And whilst looking after a young daughter, she's still putting in the time to do online webinars from the League Managers Association to increase her knowledge of the game. What about you, Lot? Thoughts on the appointment, Chris? Once she left Sheffield United, once that news was released, I think, honestly, it was the, it was the appointment to make. It just fit perfectly. Carla seems to be the sort of person that will absolutely get what this club's all about. And I think she'll she'll thrive on, on bringing through younger players, um, having that academy to, to use at her disposal, but, but also use her, her, her knowledge and her contacts in the game to, to bring new players in and, and make us competitive in, in the division again. And, and I think it's about giving us an identity back, actually. I think that's something that, that Carla will will absolutely try and drill into the players and, and drill into the staff. We might not be be up with the with the top four anymore, but we're still a role to play in the division. And it's not about just, just you know meandering through the season that we actually wanna wanna stamp our, our authority and uh, and be a team that people recognise again. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Kaz? We all know what she did at Sheffield and without a budget. So I think she'll be a great appointment. Like she's been there, what a week. Brought like obviously Christy Murray in and we've played a game today and like we've beat a well-known WSL side. So I think it's going to be a great appointment. Yep. Very good. And you, Stacey, what do you think? Uh, I agree with them, uh, both Kaz and Chris, to be fair. We've seen her manage at Sheffield and... She went toe to toe with Villa until the season was cancelled. She's a type of manager that I think, as Chris said, most Blues fans have been wanting for a while now. I think she can take us maybe to 
where we used to be, but maybe not as easily done with the way that the league's moved forward regards to clubs throwing money at it now. Yeah, as you say, it's getting very competitive now in the WSL. And um, from where we were last season, it's going to be a, uh, a a big gap to shorten, I guess, going into next season so we can um, survive and then obviously push for, further forward as we progress under Carla Ward. We on the podcast wish her the best of luck this season. We've also seen, as uh, Kaz mentioned, the first signing of the summer in Christy Murray joining the club. The 30-year-old Scotland international was a free agent having left Liverpool at the end of last season. Murray had played alongside Abby Grant during her time at Celtic and for Scotland as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on the signing, Kaz? Oh, I think she's a fantastic addition. Um, I've been a huge fan since she was at Arsenal. So, And then when she went to Bristol, she like improved again. I didn't think she'd played that well for Liverpool, but I don't think that was because she wasn't getting played in the right position. So I'm excited about this signing. We don't have to sign any more signings if we don't want to. I am quite happy with this one. I've gone so long without them, Kaz, just as happy with anyone coming in. It's been... <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, anyone. Anyone will do. Players seem to be making a concerted effort to welcome her on social media. I looked back at uh, some of the signings last summer and this wasn't the case. Chris, do you think it's Carla Ward's idea or not? This shows um, a togetherness that can be a good thing going into the season. Yeah, it may, it may well be Carla. It may be a, a squad initiative as well. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it was Carla that that was, you know, enforcing this sort of uh, squad camaraderie. But um, yeah, it's, it's it's good to see. Obviously, she's she'll know Abby Grant from Scotland, and she's been in the WSL for for six years now. I think since since she joined Arsenal, so she's been in and around the league, and, and so she'll know she'll know various players. I think it's. It can only be a good thing, and that, and as you say, the initiative to to sort of put out to supporters on on social media, that, you know, we are together, and and that we're, we're relishing the start of the season, and we're looking forward to to introducing these new players is has got to be a good thing. Friend of the show, Rich Laverty, has pointed out there's going to be a, a number of new signings coming on uh, in the future. Hopefully, good players nonetheless. And uh, Stacey, um, what sort of positions do you think we need to strengthen the most? Is is it defence or do you see other areas you want to see more players come in as well? I think we need to get people in to cover all areas. I know we've got some great goals coming through from the academy, but I just feel at the moment it still might be a slightly too big of a step up. When, with what happened, obviously, last season and the position we was in and the stuff we was watching with, in week out, I think we need to get at least two central defenders that are going to work together. Midfield, I think we're okay. We might need to strengthen a little bit. We need a striker. We need an out-and-out goal scorer. We've since Ellen left, we've missed. We've not had. I mean, for years previous to before Ellen came in, I think that we it was always one of our biggest struggles. We just didn't score enough goals. And um, I think now we need to try and maybe not sit back as much and rest on our defence and we we essentially need to score more goals the way it is now we can't survive on draws alone yeah I agree we we have obviously scoring scoring was an issue last season but uh, it's hopefully something that we're going to work towards going into this next season um, the FA announced opening fixtures of the WSL season earlier this month with our first game of the new campaign against Brighton and Hove Albion. We suffered a heavy defeat there last season, but in terms of games we could have gotten, Chris, this is probably on the easier end of that. 
considering the fact we finished bottom but one last season with the points per game ratio and um, what's happened to, to certain teams over this summer, the, the players that some some sides are, are acquiring, it, it's going to be a tough division again. Um, you know, I think the, the quality and the gap between top and bottom is probably only going to get bigger. So that, that desire um, and demand to beat teams around you will be even more important. So I think to, to kick off with that, you know, knowing that it'll be Carla's first league game as, as Blues boss and um, hopefully by then we'll have the sort of players in that, that Stacey was mentioning and the depth that we need there. But, you know, I, th- I think it's a it's a good start to in terms of making sure that we get down to it straight away. You know, if, if we start with Chelsea and Man City, then chances are we're not going to... Obviously, we'll need to be at the races straight away. Chances are we're probably not going to get in from those games anyway whereas Brighton we know we need to be at the races straight away because this is a game that we're looking at uh, uh, picking three points up if, if we want to be looking at mid-table and, and safety so it's a positive way to look at it that we start the season off with a with a winnable game and, and we need to be ready for it Yeah absolutely Birmingham City will also play Brighton in the rescheduled FA Cup quarter final next month with a visit from Manchester United just before that it's certainly a weird situation, Kaz, playing in an FA Cup quarterfinal in September. But do you think it was the right call to complete the competition regardless? I don't know because I don't know how the FA are going to play it right because obviously in any normal circumstance, new players coming in would be cup-tied. Is it a clean slate for all the clubs that are bringing new players in? These are like un- unanswered questions. I don't know. I would have been happy with, with it just being cancelled and just starting again because it's more games for us to be playing if we do get through and it's more chance of us getting injuries as well. So especially on the small squad that we've got at the minute. Yeah, I get that. But uh, probably from like a historic perspective, you don't want some like one of the, the oldest running competitions, maybe just to have like an asterisk where there isn't a winner. Do you think Stacey was the, what, what, what do you think about this? Do, do you think it's the right move to continue the competition? I sort of agree with Cass to be fair. I can understand why they'd want to finish it, but then at the same time, most of the players, if you'd asked them, probably would have wanted to finish the league off as well. And I think the decision not to finish the league but finish the FA Cup baffles me. If they're going to do the FA Cup, why they couldn't, why they couldn't just finish the league off? Well, don't get me wrong, I'm glad they didn't finish the league off because I would have been seriously worried about relegation. But like, like Kaz said as well, like what's going to happen with the squad? We've been cup-tied. Like we've got, if we had to play the squad that we had last season, we wouldn't have a squad to field. So it's sort of the FA haven't been very clear about what road they're going to go down and what route they're going to go down to actually finish the FA Cup. Also, right, I'm not being funny, but the FA aren't going to be making any money. The clubs aren't going to be making any money. So why continue it? Like, I don't understand the league. We should The league should start when we're allowed back in because not being funny, the likes of Birmingham, the likes of Bristol won't be able to survive on games behind closed doors. I'll tell you now, in terms of the FA Cup, they will allow the new players to play because there's there's no way they're going to turn down the opportunity to say World Cup winner Rose Lavelle and Sam Mewis are playing at Wembley in a in an FA Cup final. They're not gonna they're not gonna turn that opportunity down. So and, and like Stacey said, if we're not allowed to to play our new signings, we it's nine aside. So they're going to have to allow the new signings to play. Whether it was the right decision or not, yeah, I'm I'm undecided about it. Obviously, you can you can finish a league season with points per game. You can't do that with 
with a cup competition and a, a cup competition like the FA Cup as well. Like Craig said, something that it, as a final at Wembley, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to take it seriously in, in that respect. And if, if you then turned around and said, we're going to do it on toss of a coin or whatever, you know, who, who goes through it's you, know, you, you have to have some, some respect for the competition still. Um, but it will make it weird that we're starting a new campaign, but finishing last year's FA Cup. Can I ask a question? Who's in the FA Cup quarterfinals? Obviously, it's us, Brighton. Uh, it's Ever- Everton, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, Leicester, Man City and Birmingham, Brighton. They allowed a special dispensation, I believe, in the Women's Champions League for new signings. So I would say it's probably going to be the case in the FA Cup, a similar situation, maybe maybe more yeah. than just the six, I think it was, for the Champions League. But we'll have to wait and see what the FA come up with, I suppose, before the before those matches take place. We shall get more into those games in upcoming episodes, though. But for now, let's take a short break. And coming up in part two, we will discuss a turbulent summer, a striker winning an award, and we give our thoughts on the new home kit. Welcome back to Great Since 68. I'm here with Chris, Kaz and Stacey. Now back in June, Birmingham City survived a relegation on a points-per-game basis. And since then, it's felt a bit like everything is up in the air. Before we get into the specifics of player departures and whatnot, what were your general thoughts on the club's radio silence over the summer, Chris? Play a little bit devil's advocate, really. I completely understand supporters frustrations with with not knowing what was going on and and I think because of the number of players we technically had on our books over the summer and the financial troubles that have gone on with the men's club in the past I could sort of understand the panic if you like and the the concern that maybe there wouldn't be a a women's team this summer but um, in terms of in terms of silence I'm not really that fussed about. I mean, I know it's it's, it's their job and stuff, but I'm not really that fussed about seeing a, a different picture from training every day, telling me that they're grafting and that they're ready for work, like sort of thing. It's I'm not screaming out for content every single day for content's sake, but obviously the the managerial situation was relatively unclear. We were told when Charlie came in that it was interim until a new manager was found. So. I suppose from my perspective, it was Bali's job unless something else was told. In terms of new signings, obviously, whether that was given to Charlie or whether that was going to be an executive decision from from above the manager, we, we, we didn't know. The longer it seemed to go on, uh, Chris, the more pessimistic I know a lot of Blues fans felt about the situation. It got to the point where fans of other clubs were starting to take notice and that's when you know it's quite serious. Uh, Kaz, uh, do you think the club could have handled things better when it comes to communication with the fans over the summer? Oh, definitely. Like, I'm not being funny. If it wasn't for us fans, they wouldn't have anything. Like, there'd be no support there, especially when it looked like the men looked like they were on the verge of relegation, I thought. That is it. Like, I didn't think we'd have a women's team to come back to. I've go with Chris. I'm not bothered about seeing players training and stuff. If you're losing players, you need to bring players in. And that's all I was concerned about. It, we're two weeks away from the start of the season and we've brought one player in. I'm not blaming Carla here. I'm blaming the club. It's like the club's job to bring players in and they're leaving it far too late when all these players are dropping down a level or two to get a team when there's a decent enough team like a couple of minutes down the road, do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, absolutely. Kaz. The club, to their credit, tried to interact with the fans with those Guess Who games featuring past Blues players. But at least in my opinion, they didn't really read the room with this. People were angry. People were genuinely concerned and anything other than clarification over our future seemed to just annoy the fans more. Were we wrong to feel this way, Chris, in your opinion? I'm not going to tell anybody how to support their club and I'm not going to tell anybody to, how to react to, to certain things because everybody's different. All I would say is up until the end of July, the men's club didn't know what league they were going to be in. Maybe some people think that that shouldn't have an impact, but clearly it does. If you've set out budgets for the women's, what you can provide the women's side as a championship club, and then you find yourself in League One, then things obviously are going to have to change. And I think that definitely played a part. I don't know whether Carla Ward's name was was being mentioned for a while before the uh, the men's team survival was finally confirmed and then and then they went after Carla I don't I don't know whether they spoke to players but they couldn't promise them anything because of the men's club situation as soon as that was confirmed then then everything else could be could be set in place for for, for the women's team for this season um, and we have got uh, for me the best manager available to us I like the signing of Christy Murray journalists think that there's three or four more deals done already that you know are waiting to be announced and obviously the the club the club aren't stupid as well the social media team will know that it's best to to pad out the signings if you like rather than just give them all in one go which in jest I mentioned that they should just announce everything the day before the season starts just say nothing until the first day of the season and then just release the team sheet that they'll want to they'll want to keep the interactions on the on the social media account going so i think you'll probably see a, a couple this week and then a couple in the build up to to the new season as well so back to your question i'm not going to say you were wrong to people were wrong to, to to be panicking and and going after the after the club on the twitter account but i think there were a lot of factors in play that they had to work out before before they could finalise any promises and announcements. So I actually have to give them credit for the Carl Award signing. Whether it was Sarah Westwood's decision, um, I'm sure it probably was Sarah Westwood's decision to to go after Carla. Um, and somebody listened to Sarah this time, which was the right thing to do. Yeah, we got, we got there in the end. It didn't really matter how we got there, I guess, but we got there in the end. Now, as we talked about on the last episode of Series 3, Brianna Vasali and Adrian Jordan left the club for America and the NWSL. It was a great moment for Bri as her new side, Houston Dash, lifted the NWSL Challenge Cup, with her looking fully at home from the moment she got onto the pitch. After a season that was curtailed by the pandemic and surgery, it's great to see, Stacey, that Bri had ended the football year on a high. Yeah, it's um, I, f- I, f- I feel for Bri, I feel that she never really got the chance and never hit the ground running when she was with us. When we signed her from West Ham, I thought she was a fantastic signing. And as you say, I think she was just a bit unlucky. She wasn't being played and I don't think she was being managed the way that she wanted to be managed. It's great to see now that she's she seems happier with her football, So, which I think speaks volumes from how the camp was feeling a bit last season. So, yeah, it's good to see a smile back in her face. Yeah, absolutely. Back home here in the UK, though, things have not been so kind for us. Blues announced the departures of Lucy Staniforth, who joined Manchester United, Chloe Arthur, who joined Aston Villa, legendary duo Rachel Williams and Keris Harrop, who left to join Tottenham Hotspur. Let's start with Lucy Stan first, a player who you've said, Kaz, was crucial for us last season, a player who had the eye for a pass even under considerable pressure. 
we were all expected her to go and United was the destination. Uh, thoughts on the move, Gaz? Do you know what? She got a move in the end, didn't she? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I don't know what else to say. Like, I hope she proves me wrong. I hope she proves me wrong at United and she does the job. She puts better corners in. She puts better free kicks in. Because um, what we've seen, we didn't see the Lucy Staniforth of Sunderland. We didn't see the Lucy Staniforth from Liverpool. We didn't see the Stan- Lucy Staniforth from Bristol. We seem to attract players and they come and they're like, they can't be bothered. You did say, Kaz, on the last episode of last series that she, she was involved in almost every assist, though, to be fair to her. Yeah, right. Fair enough, right. But when you look at her corners, and Chris will back me up here, her corners... Hang on, that don't... <laughs> Don't chuck me right. on the fire as well. Her corners were atrocious. She could hardly get it over the first person. Isn't that the manager's job, though, to let her know that she'd maybe just mix it up a bit and maybe let someone else have a go? Maybe maybe because we didn't have the leadership we needed, she perhaps took it upon yeah. herself to take it, maybe? But, like I said, we didn't we didn't get to see the proper Lucy Staniforth, and I hope the Man United fans do. I don't. I don't. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I think... Ultimately, Lucy Stan's Blues career sort of lasted a half a year up until the point Mark left. And then the Birmingham that Lucy Staniforth joined wasn't the Birmingham, wasn't, wasn't that same side anymore. Um, and I think she just lost her way a little bit. And I think she got, she, she found herself in a situation that, you know, she, she moved to Blues for a certain situation. And she found herself back in the one that she was before at Sunderland. And that got to her a little bit. Maybe she didn't give 100% all the time, if she's being brutally honest. We certainly didn't see the, like Kaz said, I don't think we saw the best of her. In terms of set pieces, she by far and away the best person to have over a set piece. The, the goal against Liverpool last season, which Kerry scored, was from a from an excellent Lucy Stanfreetis. We didn't see that enough from her when when she was playing. Ultimately, she's she's got a move to a, a club now that, that should should benefit her, and she should find a bit more room and a bit more time to play and a bit, you know, better players around her maybe, which is what what she wanted when she came to Blues. But ultimately, I'm with Stacey. I hope Man United fans see her for half a game, and then and then Casey Stoney leaves and Marta comes in. Yeah. <laughs> I think what disappointed me, though, just quickly, I think what disappointed me is the fact that she never even said goodbye to the club, never thanked the club or anything. And for me, most players that leave any club will at least put a little thanks for the memories, wish you all well in the future, whatever it is. We had radio silence from Lucy. Didn't she post something on the day that she announced the signing at United? I think I DM'd her and said, look, thanks for the memories, but you could have said thanks to the club and the fans. And then, next and then thing you know. 30 seconds, 30 <laughs> seconds later, there's a message out there. But if you look, if you look at Lucy Staniforth's Instagram, while she was at Blue, she put two pictures up. And all she's going on about now is Man United this, Man United that. So she clearly didn't want to be at the club. Yeah, I, I don't think she did. And and clearly it's it's an exciting move for her now. And she's where she wanted to be four or five years ago, probably. You know, she, she went to Sunderland as a big fish probably wanted to jump probably wanted to go to a bigger club there when she joined us well, she did she did she went to liverpool won the okay, league yeah then when, when she joined us she probably thought it was it was that opportunity that lasted like i said a, a matter of months until mark left and 
and and things clearly clearly weren't going the, the way she thought, um, which is probably why she wanted to leave last summer. Um, she's got a big move now. Just hope that we don't we're not allowed fans in against this against United because I think there might be a few bills. I, th- I think we'll wrap up the, the Lucy Stan conversation there because we've been going on a bit longer than I thought. I'll, I'll end on saying this. Without Lucy Stan, we probably wouldn't have got the points we needed to stay up Correct. last season. So You have to give her that. And we wouldn't be in the quarterfinal of the FA Cup, yeah, for that goal against Sunderland. Even even if it's ended on a sour note, she's done done a lot on the pitch at least to keep us where we are. So next up is Chloe, a Scottish international who fitted seamlessly into the team alongside Hayley Ladd when she first came in. Given we had, uh, given we have two diehard Blues fans here in Chris and Stacey, I fear asking this, but Chris, what do you think of the move? No comment. Okay, we'll leave it there. <laughs> In times gone by, it would be Villa players making the move to Birmingham, but in the past two seasons, it's looked like a trend going in reverse. Do you think that speaks for the uncertainty in the general mood around the club in the past season or so? It speaks for itself, really. It's not just players that have made the move over to that side of the city. It's academy staff and all sorts. And it's sort of, I think it speaks volumes that, the only thing I can think of is that their parent club are putting money into it as we weren't. It all stems down to money. Again, I know some players that have gone in the past are on double what they would have were when they were with us. And it's it grieves me that they've gone to where they've gone, uh, especially Chloe, because I think she was one of our most underrated players for the two seasons that she was with us. I think she's an absolutely fantastic player. Very... Uh, she, sort of the one of the people that is she's there she does the work she gets on with it and that's it it's disheartening for fans when we've as a club been relatively a stable club for so long and then you're watching some of your best players go to your biggest rivals it's it is disheartening so yeah absolutely absolutely the next one is a player who will be forever etched in blues uh, for her exploits in the FA Cup final back in 2012. Rachel Williams scored a 91st minute equaliser to keep us in the final, which we won on penalties. She had two spells with the club and has now joined Spurs. Thoughts on the move, Chris? I could get in trouble here. The sort of conversation I think you want us to have, we should have had the first time she left. The second spell has been blighted by injury. I don't think anybody could ever question Rachel's work ethic and the effort that she puts in and the 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 love that she had for the club. In terms of a player, we cannot be giving somebody over the age of 30 with the injury record that she had a two-year deal. I don't think there was any sensible way in which we could have, we could have offered her that contract that she wanted. So I think in terms of the second spell, I think it's the right decision that she left. However, for what she did in the first spell, certainly, and and the quality that she showed there, she'll she'll always have a have a place in in Blues fans' hearts for definite. Absolutely. Um, finally, we come to Kez Keris Harrop. Twenty years of service to Birmingham City, coming through the youth setup and becoming captain. She is a true professional, and as far as I'm concerned, would end would end her career as a one club player. Things don't always turn out as you expect, though, and she joined Spurs too. Uh, what was your reaction when you first heard she was leaving, Stacey? I was gutted, not going to lie. Kez, obviously, not just a player, she's a friend. I can't blame her for the reasons that she left. But I think from a supporter's point of view, as you said, I genuinely thought she 
be a one club woman we don't get many of them in these days but again she's pushing 30 now I think this is her last opportunity to go out and maybe experience a different style of football different manager just I think it's a new challenge for her and I think she'd probably got to that point in her career uh, especially last season that she felt that she could go no further with Blues yeah, it's 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 a shame, but as you say, it, it was a last chance for one last big move. Um, Keris made 261 appearances for the club, scoring 20 goals, including three in the Champions League. Only Kirsty Lynette had more goals in Europe than our skipper did. She's also an FA Cup winner. Uh, she's someone I believe should join Karen Carney in the Blues Hall of Fame. What do you think about that, Chris? Yeah, in terms of long- longevity at the club, for sure, and you know she did so much off the field as well in in the community and and the um the sister clubs and things like that she was a big role model for, for a lot of kids coming through the academy again somebody coming to to that sort of age where it it was probably going to be her last chance to to go somewhere different um and like Stacey said I think probably the decision was made before the end of the season before before lockdown came and 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 the season finished Really, when when someone's giving you twenty years of of their life and committed so much to of themselves to your club, you you can't do anything else but wish them well um, and thank them for everything that they gave the club. Absolutely. Um, shortly after Carla was announced, we were treated to another big reveal of the new home shirt for the upcoming season. It is the first shirt of the new Nike era. As this is an audio podcast, I'll do my best to describe it to you. It's royal blue with a triangular pattern from top to bottom. White sleeves with a white button-up collar. My first thoughts were I really like this, and not just because it doesn't have that giant smarty on the middle of it. Uh, what are your thoughts, Stacey? It's grew on me. It's different. It reminds me of a 90s shirt. It's very retro. Like, I can't remember the last time we had a collar. I do like a collar on a football shirt every now and then. <laughs> but uh, I'm intrigued to see what the away kit's going to look like, if I'm being perfectly honest now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kaz, what do you think? Oh, I love it, especially with no sponsor. Like, I really hope we don't have a sponsor on our shirt because it looks so smart without anything on it. I, I would agree, but I, I know they're going to get a sponsor, which is an, <laughs> which is a bit of annoying, but it's it's how uh, football is, isn't it? Commercialised now. Uh, Chris, what about you? What do you think of the shirt? I'm a boring old man. I'm 31. It's, it's, it's who's in the shirt rather than what it looks like for me. Um, you know, I'll, if it's 50 quid, I'm happy giving the money to the club. The, 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 it depends what the sponsor is, you know. If if you stuck the my polish, yeah, yeah. If you if you stick that on it, it might ruin it a little bit. Um, but depending on what the sponsor is, if it's if it's not a, a a garishly standout and and actually affecting the feel of the shirt, then then it might still look pretty decent. I know the men's ones have obviously got oil sports over it, and that doesn't doesn't deter too much from the from the shirt. Um, so if it is something like that, then I, I don't see it being a massive issue. That's fair enough. Finally, we have one more bit of good news to bring you. Striker Claudia Walker was presented with the PFA Community Champion of the Year Award last week. While she might have liked to score more goals last season, uh, she has since joining the club. She's really thrown herself into life here. The 24-year-old was involved in helping out the sister club programme alongside Keris last season, with the former captain describing her as a role model. Uh, so before we leave you, let's hear from Claudia and her work in the community. We put on little tournaments and stuff so local grassroots team can play each other. 
So it gets the girls some more playing time, but then also you get players coming down to coach. So you'll have like the likes of me and Kez. And I think quite a few of the girls go down and coach on different occasions. So it's nice for them to see some players, which is something as a kid, I think I would have loved to have some professional footballers come down to my training session, build that bridge really and make a link from our professional football to the grassroots local girls and just give them a bit of belief that if you work hard and keep enjoying your football, then you can be where we are. When you say role model, I wouldn't ever think of myself as one. But then since lockdown, we've been in the park quite a lot and the number of like mums and dads have had, can you come and coach my kid? Can can you put on a one-to-one and stuff? And I'm like, I didn't know what to say really because <laughs> to be honest, yeah, I want to. Like Your kid can come and have a kickabout with me down the park if it's nice I think and especially being home as well it's a bit more like it's closer to the heart then isn't it like all these local kids were in my position obviously I enjoy it so much like just getting out and helping out with the kids and just bringing smiles to their faces that's what it's all about really isn't it that's all for this week's show thanks to Chris Kaz and Stacey for joining me if you want to follow them on Twitter you can follow Kaz at team underscore Schroeder. You can follow Stacy at Brummy Stacy91. And you can follow Chris at AWCAIB. You can follow me at Craig Hadley. And you can follow the show at Great Since 68. That's all from us this week. And remember, keep right on.